Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello there. Come on in. Make yourself at home. My name is Gary Zimak. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you were able to stop by. This week, we're going to look at the Mass readings for the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The message, I think you're going to like this message, Jesus calls everyone. Sometimes, due to one reason or another, many people feel excluded from the kingdom of God for for whatever reason. Sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes it's the fault of people who are maybe well-intentioned, trying to reach out to us, and in some way they build these barriers. Well, today the message is very clear. The kingdom of God is designed for all people. Jesus was sent into the world to inaugurate the kingdom of God. He did so in an orderly fashion. No doubt about it, God has always worked in an orderly fashion, very methodically. But ultimately, the kingdom, all are invited to it. That's the message today. And I I think that should make you feel good. Now, it's sometimes challenging to, um, to be able to, not only to feel welcome, but to maybe find a way to be welcoming to others, somebody who might not go to church. How do you best invite them or make them feel welcome without diluting the teachings of the church? We have to be honest about that, too. Christ founded a church, a visible church on earth, and I believe that to be the Catholic Church. He, he founded this church, and the church, I don't want to say rules, the church has guidelines to help us. You know, sometimes the word rules is that people are going to get bent out of shape about that word, and I understand it, but really they are guidelines, and they're for our own good. Ultimately, the Lord gives us these guidelines to help us to be able to experience peace in this life. That's really what, following God's will is the way we're going to find peace, and these guidelines spoken by the church or given to us by the church are going to help us to do that, but more importantly, These guidelines given to us by the church, established by Christ, these guidelines are going to help us to get to heaven So and ultimately be happy forever. So really, it's for our own good. But sometimes it's tricky because we live in a time when religion is not especially popular. It's becoming less popular. So how do we extend the love of Christ and all the benefits of membership of his church? church, in his church, how do we extend that invitation to people in a way that's going to seem attractive? And yeah, there are times 
when you got to draw that line in the sand and say, well, no, this is the way it is. This is what God said. I can't change this. But, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's a process, and really the Holy Spirit plays an important role. I'm going off on a tangent. That's not the real point of this show. The real point is everybody is welcome. Jesus calls everyone. And how can we either accept that invitation, but sometimes we're the ones who don't feel welcome, or how can we help others to feel welcome? That's what I hope the Holy Spirit's going to accomplish through me today. That's You know, it's not as easy as it sounds. It's Sometimes it's difficult. So why don't we do this like we always do? Let's turn to our Father in Heaven in prayer. And I'm going to ask for the help I need to deliver this message. It is a good message. It's an important message. And it's a message that I need some help to deliver. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in Heaven, thank you so much for your presence with us now. Father, we know that you love us. We know that you can see and hear us. And we know, Father, that you're bigger than any problem or challenge we could ever face. Help us, Father. Help us to hear you clearly. Help us to follow your guidelines, especially as given through the church. Help us with the things that are burdening us. So many worries and anxieties are caused by any number of different things. We ask for your help with those. We ask you to bless us and our family members and our friends. We ask you, Father, to give us the wisdom that we need to welcome others into our church, whether they're already members and they've fallen away or maybe they've never been to a church. Maybe they've never been baptized. Help us to know how we can reach out. And Father, I'm going to ask you to, as I always do, to give me the words this day. Allow me to deliver the message that you would like me to deliver. And please, finally, open all of our hearts and all of our minds so that we can hear your message and respond to it in a way that would please you. Father, we ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I thank you for praying with me. Again, this is a tough topic. I'm not going to say this is easy, but we're going to we're going to really anchor the teaching of this program on the Scriptures. I'm going to really depend on these Mass readings for the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and then ask the Holy Spirit, as I just did, to give me the words to, to sort of explain these readings in a way that would please God. No, I don't want to give you my opinion. I want to give you what the Holy Spirit wants me to give you. So that's, I'm going to do my best to do that. I ask for help and I do expect the Spirit to come through. Again, my name is Gary Zimek and I thank you for listening to the program. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a repeat visitor, welcome back. So glad to have you. If you would like to find out more about my work or possibly want to find out about how you can invite me to speak at your parish or your conference, please visit my website, followingthetruth.com. That's followingthetruth.com for more information. All right, let's get right to it. Let's look at these Mass readings. And as I do each week, I always begin with the Gospel. I always give the Gospel that place of prominence as taught by the church. The gospel is the primary source for learning about and encountering Jesus Christ. I mean, this is the gospel is the place to start, so we're going to start with the gospel. Matthew chapter 15, 
verses 21 through 28. And, you know, as is almost always the case with these, uh, with these programs that I do, this gospel has a number of different messages. And I could go off in a number of different ways with this gospel. But when I pair it with the first reading of the Responsorial Psalm and even the second reading, there's a clear theme that I, that I see anyway, and that's that Jesus invites everyone to his church. It doesn't mean there's not other messages in this gospel. There are. But I'm going to try to primarily stick to that theme. Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. At that time... Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out. Now listen, she's not one of the chosen people. This woman is not a Jew. So you're going to hear some things. And this is one of those Gospels that is somewhat painful to listen to. And I'm going to just encourage you to try not to get distracted by the details, by the somewhat gory details of this gospel. It's a little painful. It's a little harsh. But let's try not to lose sight of the main message. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. Now, obviously, this is a woman, although she's a foreigner, who has faith in Jesus, this son of David title, that's a messianic title. She is acknowledging Jesus as the Messiah. What's, uh, what's sad is so many times his own people refuse to accept him. But here we have an outsider accepting him. My daughter is tormented by a demon. Now you can only imagine if you did not know this story, you would think, oh yeah, Jesus is going to be all over this. He's going to really help this woman. He's going to take pity on her. But his response is interesting. Lord, have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. How did Jesus answer? But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Now, that sounds brutal, doesn't it? But I will just add, I want you to hold hold on for a little bit. This is going this story has a happy ending. And I'll talk more about it when we finish the gospel. Although I want to make sure that main theme is is emphasized. The kingdom is for all. Nobody is excluded from the kingdom. So Jesus didn't answer her. Seems crazy, right? Let me just add this. What we don't know. We know that he did not say a word. But maybe did he smile? Did he grab her hand and hold her hand? Did he nod? Did he make a motion saying, hold on, wait a minute, we have no idea. You know, we don't know. We do know that he did not answer her words. So as an aside here, if you're praying about a problem and the Lord doesn't seem to be answering, take heart. It's not the first time that happened. And we'll talk about it. Um, There's no way I cannot address this because it's a it's an important, it's an important um, point for this gospel. But Jesus did not say a word to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, and these guys are great, send her away for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus is operating in an orderly fashion. This is how God has always operated. He reveals himself gradually. And Jesus was first sent to the chosen people. They were going to be the first ones 
to hear the good news that the Messiah had come to earth to begin his process of redeeming the world. They were the first ones. They would not be the only ones, but this is the way that God planned it. He would start with the Israelites. So it sounds nasty the way he's saying, well, I was first sent, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But have to understand there's translation issues here there we can't read the lord's body language you know there's a lot that we're lacking here let's read the whole story it gets a lot better but first it has to get worse <laughs> of course right send her away i was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of israel but the woman came and did jesus homage saying lord help me see she didn't give up he said in reply it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. I, I know, I know this is hard. Hang in there. But she said, please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. Now look, it's ha again, a happy ending. The details are disturbing. Am I right? The details are disturbing. Jesus is not saying anything. And then when he said something, you almost wish he didn't say anything because it gets worse. But what, what's happening is here, here is that he is testing the faith of this woman, as he, as he does for us. And the idea of testing our faith, that is, um, that's troubling, isn't it? That, that may trouble you. And, and that's understandable. I understand when it's... Um, troubling to think that, all right, the Lord's setting me up. He's testing my faith. Well, how about if we look at it this way? How about if we look at it in this case and in, in our case when maybe he delays answering uh, a prayer request that we have? How about if we say he is allowing our faith to grow? Because that's what's happening. If you've ever worked out, I haven't worked out in a gym in years, but I, but I used to when I was younger. And one of the lessons that was apparent from the beginning is that in order for muscles to grow, you have to work them. They have to be exercised. Faith works in the same way. So in other words, in order for our faith to grow, faith only grows by grace. So we can't make our faith grow. But one of the ways we can obtain an increase in, in the gift of faith is by exercising it. So in other words, the more I pray, the more I depend on the Lord, the more I really challenge him, and oftentimes that will involve an intention that doesn't seem to be getting answered, but I then have the option or the opportunity to ask and ask and ask and ask again, which really that exercising my gift of faith, it becomes an act of the will. It's not based on feelings because the longer that goes on, the less likely you are to feel that your prayer is going to be answered, but you do it solely as an act of the will. And that strength, that, that, that strength, that, that energy that we have to exert to keep praying when we don't feel like it or when we don't feel anything's going to happen. Remember, faith has nothing to do with feelings. That has the, the effect, often can have the effect of allowing our faith to increase. And then if the Lord does answer in a way that impresses us, 
then that can cause our faith to, to grow. Now, sometimes the Lord says no, but the thing, is, the thing is, he knows what we need. We can say that, well, unless you answer this prayer request, I'm not going to believe in you, but the Lord knows how far he can push us. He's only doing it to help us. Because as, as, as human beings with a fallen nature, we have a tendency to really depend on our senses and our feelings to a fault. Sometimes we do it more than we should. Faith involves trust. And sometimes in order to trust or to exercise our faith, we have to push past our feelings or the evidence that we can feel or see or, or smell or hear. That's what faith is. So that's what's happening here. Jesus is actually helping this woman by denying her or by ignoring her. He's giving her the opportunity to exercise her faith, the faith that she does have. And then the more that she does that, the more grace she'll receive and then her faith will grow. So this is actually a good thing. But the overall message when tied in with the other readings is that the fact that this woman was a Canaanite woman, a non-Jew, didn't stop the Lord from granting her this miraculous request. The kingdom is for everyone. Let's, let's go up to the first reading now from Isaiah chapter 56, beginning in verse 1. And you're going to see this same theme develop. Thus says the Lord, observe what is right, do what is just. For my salvation is about to come, my justice about to be revealed. The foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, ministering to him, loving the name of the Lord and becoming his servants, all who keep the Sabbath free from profanation and hold to my covenant, them I will bring to my holy mountain and make joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. That idea of the foreigners being welcomed. Remember, this is going to play out over many, many years. The Lord operates very slowly, very meticulously, very gradually oftentimes. In really, in even sending the Messiah, it took thousands of years. And then when Jesus came, first of all, he had to grow up. He came as an infant. That took more years. So God's not going to rush, even though this is an incredibly urgent need, the salvation of mankind. All are invited. And that's an important thing for you and I to remember. All are invited, including that neighbor who doesn't go to church, who wants nothing to do with God, who might, have, who might be an atheist. That person's invited. And we might be the instrument that the Lord uses to invite that person. And don't let that panic you. Because what you're going to do is do your best. And that often starts with just being a, a kind person. Maybe smiling, being friendly. So that they understand that you're worthy of trust and you're a good person. And then when the time is right, the Holy Spirit will generally nudge you and let you know when it's time to maybe turn up the heat a little bit. But if you do that too soon, you may end up making somebody feel not welcome. We don't ever want to lose people. We want to get them to Jesus in some way. You know, sometimes that involves getting them to Jesus before you get them into the church building. 
Sometimes it does. And I, I've been in situations like that. I got to go slow, but I don't want to lose them. And again, it's not really up to me. It's up to the Holy Spirit, but I don't want to get in the way of the Holy Spirit and making this person feel unwelcome. Responsorial Psalm, Psalm 67. Here we go. Oh God, let all the nations praise you. All the nations. Everybody. Everybody is called to follow Jesus and enter the kingdom. May God have pity on us and bless us. May he let his face shine upon us. So may your way be known upon earth among all nations, your salvation. May the nations be glad and exult because you rule the peoples in equity. The nations on the earth you guide. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May God bless us and may all the ends of the earth fear him. O God, let all the nations praise you. May all the peoples praise you. You see that theme right there? And um, now we're going to look at the second reading. The second reading, as, as I've told you before, it's always more challenging in ordinary time because we are just going through, in this case, Paul's letter to the Romans sequentially. So the church, when the church put together these readings for the 20th Sunday in ordinary time, this second reading wasn't chosen specifically to match the other ones. The gospel, first reading, the responsorial psalm, all are meant to follow that same theme, to have a common theme. The second reading just moves along sequentially, but I always like to find something in common with the second reading. And I don't think I don't have to work too hard at this one because it's very obvious. Romans chapter 11, verse 13, we begin. Brothers and sisters, Paul writes, I am speaking to you Gentiles. See that? The non-Jews, the Gentiles, the foreigners. Inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles. See, that was Paul's role. He was specifically chosen to go out and continue the mission of Jesus beyond the Jews. He was meant to reach out to the non-Jews, the Gentile people. Paul writes, I glory in my ministry in order to make my race jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? Paul talks about his own people, the, the Lord's own people and Paul's people, the Jewish people, rejecting Jesus and ultimately turning him over to be crucified. But that was all part of God's plan. God worked with that. God does not will evil, but God can work with it. He can bring good out of it. And if you're ever looking for a great example of God bringing good out of evil, it's the crucifixion. I mean, what can be worse than murdering the Son of God on a cross, but that horrible evil action resulted in all of our salvation? Paul continues, for the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. Just as you once disobeyed God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so, so they have now disobeyed in order that by virtue of the mercy shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. For God delivered all to disobedience that he might have mercy upon all. Again, that idea of the crucifixion. God didn't will evil, but he allowed it to happen in order 
that the salvation of all mankind could be accomplished. So as we as we get ready to, to draw this show to a close, we look at the idea that all are welcome. And and I would say it's very challenging. We had an incident in the neighborhood where I live recently where a church put a message up on a message board publicly, you know, one of those electronic message boards, and it was viewed as being offensive by some people. And in actuality, it was a truthful message. It was nothing offensive. I mean, there was nothing that that was not that was false about the message. It was absolutely true, but I can see why it was perceived as being problematic by many people in society. So, you know, it's a subtle approach that we need to use as Christians. We we got to be clever. We got to be clever and we have to understand our audience and we have to remember that the people who need the Lord the most many times don't want anything to do with him or with organized religion. So we can't change the message. We can't change the truth. I'm not I'm not at all for that. But just like God operates gradually, slowly, methodically, often that's the best approach. Now remember, when you go back to the early days of God calling the Israelites together, when he called Abraham, and he said, all right, Abraham, you follow me. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. The Lord was dealing with people who were used to worshiping multiple false gods, idols. They didn't know really that much about the one true God, Almighty God. And it was always, it was all foreign to them. So he had to work slowly. That's why if you look in the Old Testament, some of the language, some of the messages, they're tough. They seem harsh. They seem almost nasty. Well, that's because the people needed that. He was, the Lord was speaking to them in the way that they needed to hear it. And gradually, the message got softened a little bit. And Jesus elaborated on the message. And, you, you know, you hear Jesus speak in a different way. Didn't mean that he didn't really let loose with the truth when he had to, because he did. But he tried to give people a chance to become accustomed to God's word. And then he would turn up the volume a little bit. And I think that's what we have to remember. Don't exclude anybody. Who do you know that you need that needs to have a better relationship with the Lord. It might be somebody in your own household, it might be a neighbor, it might be a coworker, it might be somebody you go to school with, it might be a sibling. The first thing to do is to pray for them and to ask the Lord to open their heart. And then the second thing I would say to do is to set a good example. And depending on your relationship with them, Maybe speaking the truth to them in in a kind way, one-on-one. And then don't push them because that's how you're going to turn a lot of people away. Go slowly. And I really do believe the Holy Spirit will help you know what to do because it's important for us to be used as the Lord's instruments. Again, we're not the ones who are doing the converting. The Holy Spirit does. But we want to make sure that we do our best to not drive anybody away. And I've learned from experience that if people come into contact with Jesus and walk with him for any amount of time, they're going to begin to change. He's going to work on them. 
So that's the challenge for us. To be welcoming to all without bending the truth. We can't compromise the truth. We just can't do it. But maybe we can be a little less forceful or or really emphasize the positive in the beginning and give them a chance to have a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to be praying for you. I pray for you all the time. I'm going to pray that you'll be able to do that. Identify some people and find a way to reach them. Please pray for me as well. Followingthetruth.com is my website if you want to find out more or donate to my ministry. And uh, I look forward, God willing, to being back with you next week on the show. Remember, God's kingdom is for everyone. God bless.